Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. This morning, I want to share a message that I'm calling, Daddy, Can You Hold This? Daddy, Can You Hold This? Um, the kids and I, I and Michelle, went out for Halloween um, and going door to door, running across the streets, you know how safe it is. Um, and, and both girls at different points in the evening, um, some part of their costume um, was, it, it bothered them. It, it, it weighed them down. And without even thinking, they would just take that and reach back and say, Daddy, can you hold this? And they would keep on going. Um, so as you can see by the picture, um, I, I looked pretty ridiculous. Um, but it was pretty powerful to me um, thinking about in that moment um, my relationship with God and, and how I hold on to things, things that bother me, things that weigh me down, how I hold on to them instead of just instinctively like my girls did, grabbing it and passing it and saying, Daddy, can you hold this? 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Cast all your anxiety, some, some translations will say all your cares or all your worries. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We all deal with, with daily anxieties and cares and worries. And when you hear me say anxiety today, um, don't think... Um, like diagnosable anxiety disorder. There are some people, yes, that need to trust God more. There are some people that need to see a doctor and need to, um, need to help, need, need some help from a doctor. So when I say anxiety this morning, when I say worries or cares, I'm talking about our day-to-day -day anxieties, the things that we all deal with on a daily basis. So anxiety. Anxiety is something that, that as we hold on to it, it grows. It doesn't get smaller as we hold on to it. It gets bigger. See, the way that, that anxiety works is, is it writes the ending that hasn't happened yet. In our head, we write the ending that hasn't happened yet. So if I were to show you this clip right here, and I were to put it on a loop... This is your anxiety. This is your worry. This is your, these are your cares. And you play it over and over and over in your head. Then you go on to write the ending of the story in your head. And because this little clip, this anxiety, this worry, um, that was the thing that was playing, you write an ending that fits that clip that clip that's been on repeat in your head, you write that ending, and the ending you write is, is never happy and just makes you more anxious. This ending that hasn't happened, probably never will happen, but has been written in your head, causes even more anxiety. You replay this, this worry, this care, over and over and over, and, and you come to an outcome that... Um, honestly, probably will never happen. 
Proverbs says that an anxious heart weighs a man down. And that is so true. An anxious heart weighs a man down. Um, this morning I want to go through two things that, um, that holding on to anxiety does. Two practical things, two real life things that holding on to anxiety does. The first thing holding on to anxiety does is um, it can lead to relational strain. Holding on to anxiety can lead to relational strain. If you hold on to your anxieties, you will act in ways that harm people that are closest to you, whether it be a friend, a spouse, um, a, a parent, a child, a brother, a sister. It's the classic, I had a bad day at work, I take it out on my kids. If you hold on to anxiety, you'll take it out on people that are closest to you. Um, Job's wife in the Bible is, is an example of this. Um, so Job and his wife have, they've lost everything. Um, and she's dealing with this, this pain, this, this anxiety, these cares, these worries about everything that she's lost. And instead of bringing it to God, she holds on to it um, and becomes sort of a leaky faucet to her, her husband. And she's just after him and after him and after him. And at one point says, why don't you just curse God and die? says that to her husband. Holding on to anxiety can lead to relational strain. Um, Judah and Tamar, um, this is a classic. So Tamar um, marries Judah's oldest son um, and, and he dies, he passes away. Um, and the, uh, the culture dictated that um, if, if a woman's husband died and, and she hadn't bore a son, um, that the next brother in line, it was his duty uh, to do that for her. Um, so the next brother in line is, is given to Tamar, um, and, um, and he's having a, a, a Canadian territory. He's having none of it, um, and um, he's not going to do this for her. So he eventually dies, and um, it's supposed to be up to the next son. Now Judah um, is is playing the, uh, he, he uses a stalling tactic and he says, listen, this guy's too young. Go back to your family um, and, and come back when he's a little older and he can do this for you. Um, all the while, um, never intending to give this youngest son to Tamar. And she knows that. So she goes home and she, she's full of, of, of worry, of anxiety, of, of these, these cares because um, she'll have nobody to take care of her. With no husband, no son, she's got nobody. So instead of giving this to God, she holds on to it. She takes it into her own hands, and she, um, as time passes, um, Judah's wife has died. Um, he's walking along this path, and she dresses up as a prostitute. She puts on this cloak. Um, Prostitutes in those days put on more clothing. Um, she puts on this cloak um, that says that she's available. Um, Judah takes the bait, um, and uh, she actually gets pregnant. Tamar gets pregnant. Um, and Judah finds out, and he thinks, great, this is a way to get her away from my youngest son because she's done this thing. And he says, um, nope. You need to be punished. I can't believe you did this. And in this big Maury reveal, she's like, you're actually the father. Um, 
imagine the relational strain. Imagine Thanksgiving dinner around that table. Your daughter-in-law, who was supposed to, who was married to your oldest son and your second son and supposed to be married to your third son, now has a kid with you, actually twins. Um, relational strain, to say the least. Um, holding on to anxiety, taking things into your own hands can cause relational strain. This last one, it's a bit of a stretch. Um, I'm going to admit that right off the top. The Bible doesn't say anything about this, but I've just often thought about this, uh, this conversation. So there's Adam and Eve. They eat the fruit. Um, instead of going to God saying, we've done this thing, I'm so sorry, instead of taking these, these anxieties to him, they run and they hide. And God finds them. And, and one of the things Adam says is, this woman you gave me, she's the reason that this happened. And I've often wondered, you know, they're, they're kicked out of the garden. That first conversation afterwards, I'm going to think Eve probably started that with, so this woman you gave me, you didn't choose me. It just sounds like something... Uh, Sounds like a fight one might have. Sounds like maybe the first uh, marital dispute that one might have. Um, it's just something I've always wondered about. Like, how awkward is that conversation afterwards after Adam comes right out and says, you know, I didn't choose her, you gave her to me. Um, holding on to these things, taking these things into our own hands causes relational strain. The second thing holding on to anxiety does is it causes sin. It leads to sin. If you hold on to your anxieties, you will act in ways that are contrary to what God has for you. Think of David. David is, is the king. Um, he, he goes on the roof of his palace. All his, um, all his men are out fighting a battle. He goes up on the roof. Um, he looks across the land. He sees a woman bathing. She's beautiful, she's gorgeous. He says, I have to have her. Um, so he does, and she becomes pregnant. Her name's Bathsheba. Um, and so she gets pregnant, and um, David is worried that oh, everybody's gonna find this out. Instead of taking this worry, this anxiety, this care to God, he says, I'll, I'll just take care of it. And he calls Bathsheba's husband home and says, you know what, you've earned it. Go home for a little bit. Um, he thinks she's gonna, he's going to go home. They're, they're going to be together. They haven't seen each other for a while. Um, and everything will be fine. Everyone will think it's his kid. Um, Bathsheba's husband, being such an honorable man, actually says, listen, my men, all my friends, all my buddies, they're all out there still fighting. I'm not even going to go in my house. And he sleeps on the, the doorstep of his house. He doesn't even go in. So again... David has another opportunity here to say, okay, I've messed up. Let's bring this to God. He doesn't. What he does is he puts Bathsheba's husband on the front line, which we all know is, it's basically murder. He's putting him out there to, to be killed. And that's what happens. Holding on to anxiety can lead to sin. Think of Moses. Uh, Moses sees an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, 
Instead of bringing that to God, saying, God, can we do something about this? My people, your people are being mistreated. Can we, can we do something? He doesn't bring it to God. He actually goes up to this Egyptian, looks around, makes sure nobody's looking, kills him, buries him. Holding on to anxiety can lead to sin. Abraham. Um, God promises Abraham and his wife that they're going to have a son. Um, it's They're getting late in life. They're getting pretty old. They're starting to get worried. Like, we're getting old here. Uh, is, is God sure? Like, is this really going to happen? So that instead of asking God, instead of going to God saying, what's going on? We're getting old. They take things into their own hands. And um, Abraham is... Um, given by his wife Sarah, her maid, and he has a, a child with her maid Hagar, um, instead of bringing it to God and, and having him reassure them, because he cares for them. If you hold on to your anxiety, it can lead to sin. Cast all your anxieties on him. Now, why? Why should we cast all our anxieties on him? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. I've got a list of verses here that say that God cares for you. Isaiah 41, 9 and 10. You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Isaiah 43, 1. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Psalm 40, 17. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Hebrews 13, 5, keep your life free from love of money and be content with all you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteous, righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Cast all your anxieties on him, 
for he cares for you. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you care for us. What an amazing statement that is to say. The God of the universe, the God who created everything, cares for me. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your care. I thank you that you know me by name. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of us who would, um, who, who hold on to our anxieties, the reason we don't cast our anxieties on him, the reason we hold on to those anxieties, it ultimately comes down to trust. We trust ourselves more than we trust God. And how do we change that? Because I don't think that's something we consciously decide. Um, I don't consciously decide I'm going to hold on to this anxiety because I think I can do a better job than God. That's not a conversation that goes on in our head. But how do we change that? Well, we talk to him in prayer. We listen to him by reading his word. That's how he speaks to us. And as we, as we talk to him, as we read his word and listen to him, as we get to know him, we realize what a friend we have in Jesus. And the more we get to know him and the more we, we, we spend time with him, the, the easier it'll be, the more routine it'll be to take these anxieties and say, Daddy, can you hold this? And just pass it off to him. The things that weigh us down, the things that bother us, the things that get in our way. Daddy, can you hold this? For those of us who would say, yeah, I have been holding on to my anxieties and I've really made a mess of things. Or maybe I haven't even made a mess of things, but I am just so exhausted. I'm gonna pray for us right now. Father, I pray that you would help us to um, to understand that you care for us. I pray that we would seek you, that we would, that we would talk to you, that we would listen to you, that we would read your word and realize that, that you do care for us and that we can bring our anxieties to you. I pray that we would, you would give us the strength, you would give us the, um, just the, the ability to cast these things onto you, to say, Daddy, can you hold this? That we could, we could come to you because you promise those who come to you will find rest. And we pray for that rest today. There are those of us that are maybe for the first time considering casting our cares, casting our anxieties on God. The first time you're seeing you know what, maybe he cares for me. And I can tell you, I promise you, he does. He cares for you. In a world where everyone's looking out for number one, God is looking out for you. And he sent Jesus to die for you. He sent Jesus to die to take away your sin. Everything you've ever done, everything you've ever said, thought that was wrong, everything you ever will do has been washed away 
by Jesus dying on the cross. And when he rose again three days later, he conquered death. He conquered sin. And now we're free to come before the throne of God, the creator of everything, and to cast our worries and our anxieties on him. We don't have to hold on to them. We don't have to deal with them ourselves. We can cast them on him because he cares for us. If that's you, if, if for the first time you're saying, I need this rest, I need this God who cares so much for me when nobody else does. If that's you, please raise your hand and let's pray this prayer. We don't raise our hand and pray because we're doing some sort of um, secret handshake to get into the club. This is just an outward expression of what's happening inside. So pray with me. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he took my sin. I thank you that you will take my anxieties, my worries, I pray that you'd give me the rest I long for. Please take my life. Make it new. Help me to live a life you want me to live. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, if you just made that decision, if you just prayed that prayer, um, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love to, um, to connect, to pray with you, to, to help you on this journey. Thanks for joining us this morning.